Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon on November 29th, and this is news that you can use from YAA with your dear friends, Zach and Ray. And if I may, I just got an email from one of the watch companies that I I, I support. Don't know why, because they're not the brightest folks in the world. But they wanted to let me know that on November 31st, they're, they're um, putting together a new Indiegogo program. And I'm thinking to myself, well, somebody's got to break it to them. There is no November 31st. <laughs> Bob, speaking of uh, brightness, what the heck is going on? You look like you're in a tunnel or something. I, 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 I don't know, handsome. I, I really don't know. I'm trying. I've been. I, I can't use the f word, but I've been. I've been messing around with this thing to try and figure out how to. I mean, it, it, is it an aperture setting on the video? I, I, that would let more light in, but I don't know how to adjust the aperture setting. But I'm promising you and those who are viewing that I will have this thing figured out by tomorrow. Fair enough, Pops. Fair enough. It might take um, me all 24 hours to do it. Too. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's kick things off today, Dad. We're going to be talking about the chip shortage. We got some new data from Auto Forecast Solutions. And it Excellent is, data, I might add. Yeah, yeah. So let's have that conversation. We'll talk, we'll talk about that in just a moment here. We have Nissan. Big news from Nissan this morning. They are going all in on electric vehicles. They're the latest automaker to say, you know what? We're going to invest $18 billion so that we can become an EV company. So we'll touch on that news as well. And then Pops, you found there was a car dealership that, that decided, why don't we treat our customers like human beings? And oh my, we can actually sell more stuff to them. So we'll be talking about that too. Sound good? Yes. yes that one, that one to me is very interesting. Yes. So well, let's touch on all of them, but let's kick things off dad with the chip shortage. We have every single week back at joinyaa.com slash guide slash chip dash shortage. We update right here, the projected number of vehicles lost week over week from auto forecast solutions. So back on automotive news every single week, let's find it here. They put the latest numbers. These are their projections for what the total number of vehicles lost to production will be Every single week, they update it. Here's what's yes. been announced. Here's what's projected. We track the projections week over week. For the first time since this data has been published, which is nearly a year now, we had a zero vehicle increase week over week at in the total projections. That has never happened before to you and me. That's a sign of great things happening. That could mean, could be the first signal of the end of the chip shortage. One would hope. Um, I don't know if it's the end of the chip shortage, but it's certainly a sign that it's a mitigation of the chip shortage. Um, manufacturers are figuring out other sources for chips. They're, they're contracting with other sources. They have found uh, the necessary uh, chips uh, so that they can at least maintain production levels at a slightly higher rate than what they have been. So I think this is a great sign. Don't know if it's the ultimate sign, but obviously when we finally got to a point where we didn't lose any additional vehicles um, 
due to the chip shortage or other supply chain issues, that's a good week in the automobile industry. Part of me wonders if that's got something to do with it being the Thanksgiving holiday. Like, honestly, as I read that, I was like, I think this might be because people stopped reporting. Like, that's actually what went through my head. Well, you know, what, what you have to realize is that Thanksgiving is is a uniquely American holiday. It is not an international holiday. Um so, uh, I mean, I don't know if you remember when Dara went to school with McGill in Canada. I mean, Thanksgiving is in in, in October. Um, so, uh, No, no, I know. But I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't be surprised if next week this thing bounces back up to a quarter of a million vehicles lost. I'm just saying, like, that's my two cents on it. Although we do have manufacturers like Toyota, for example. They're doing uh, the best they've ever done for a month in terms of uh, vehicles that they're producing. This article came from a couple weeks ago, Toyota production back on track in December after chip related cutbacks, the automaker plants and production lines in Japan are scheduled to operate normally for the first time in seven months. And like, you know, they're talking about producing 800,000 vehicles in December up from 760,000 last year. So trust me, there is good news. Like there's a lot of good news. And I think that's, what's got me a little bit like just pressing pause a little bit is maybe some of this good news is also because there was this holiday and it means less people were talking to auto forecast solutions. I don't know. I'm just conjecturing, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was. Well, you are quite the conjecturer. Igor here in the chat saying, like my buddy who is in the car business told me a few days ago about chip shortages. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's great to hear. We still see manufacturers like Tesla, like General Motors, and others taking features out of vehicles right now just so they can sell them. But it does seem like, again, positive news. This is the, the first time this has ever happened since the chip shortage began, where the, the projected number of vehicles lost hasn't increased. It, it, is, it is the first truly positive sign that we've had. And, and hopefully... Um, with without losing any more vehicles to production, uh, we'll be able to start increasing uh, dealership inventory levels to a certain degree. It won't be to the degree that we've been used to in the past, but any increase in in dealership inventory will be a plus for the consumers. Um, as long as there's a severe shortage, consumers are going to be asked to uh, to significantly overpay and. And consumers seem to be willing to do that to a certain degree. So any any increase, regardless of how slight it might be, is a positive sign for consumers. And if the increases can be suddenly become incremental, um, where we start seeing inventory levels build up to a certain degree again in the future, then that will bode even better for consumers uh, because as inventory levels rise, uh, we should see uh, at least a decline in the amount of additional dealer markup or market adjustments that dealers are asking for. So, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, Pops. What are our expectations? Let's say next week does come in, and, and again, there's not a major increase in terms of the number of vehicles expected to be lost to uh, to the chip shortage. Are we looking at Q1 of next year where there's quote unquote deals again? What's going to happen to those vehicles that have been sitting around? Like, what would be your advice to someone who's watching this video if they're thinking about buying a car next year? My, my expectation would be if, if we see these incremental increases in, in on-hand inventory, um, that, that the key word is incremental. These are not going to be huge increases. It's going to take months um, for inventory levels to get built back up 
anywhere to what we might have considered normal. And normal to me, as I've said, um, I wish I had a dollar for every time I said it, because I truly could be retired if, if I did. But normal to me means that it's probably going to be inventory levels are probably going to be moving forward the new normal will probably be somewhere between 60 and 70% of what dealers used to have on hand in the past. So a dealer that operated with an on-hand inventory of about a thousand units in the future, and the future could be six months or maybe nine months from now when the inventory levels are back up, um, that will look more like 600 to 700 units. Still sounds like a lot of cars, but it's, you know, you're missing 300 to 400 uh, cars every month out of that dealer's inventory. Now, if it's only incremental, I, I I think the dealers are going to ride the market adjustments and the additional dealer markups as long as they possibly can um, before they um, they they stop charging all that extra money for the vehicles. So the big question is, pops, buy in December or wait till spring? Well, if you need a car in December, then buy it in December. No, no, if you, no. Come on, if come you, on. Uh, the, the big question is that there will probably be slightly more inventory in the spring, but slightly is a relative term. Um, you know, I, I, I you're not gonna you're not gonna see a dramatic increase in on-hand inventory by the spring. You will see an incremental increase in inventory where Dealerships today, in a lot of cases, most of the cars that are coming in are pre-sold. They're already spoken for. So there's very little that's coming in that, that the dealership can then just put on the lot for sale. Now, that might change. So in, in the spring, if a dealer was getting 50 cars um, in, in December and 47 of them were pre-sold, in the spring, maybe they're getting... 70 cars and 45 of them are pre-sold. Yeah. So that's going to be the new thing is you're going to go in to buy a car in the spring, which also dead spring selling season in the industry is typically huge, right? Like that's typically when there's a big increase in demand, tax refunds, all that. And yes. so we're expecting into next year, you're going to have tax refunds in the spring selling season, plus tax credits on EVs, which we're going to talk about here in a second, because Nissan is going all in yeah, on are EVs. They ever? We haven't heard their CEA, CEO say value us like Tesla yet. Uh, opt, uh, the the, yeah, the word there is yet. Yeah, but they're determined to spend like Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the question becomes, there's all these vehicles that have been pre-ordered. We hear these stories all the time right now. Vehicles that were pre-ordered much earlier this year and vehicles that are pre-ordered today that are still not going to be delivered until the spring. Then there's going to be the increase of supply, but that's going to be offset by the increase in demand. I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see this new normal where it's M MSRP plus doc fee is a great deal. MSRP plus doc fee plus additional dealer markup is probably the new normal for most of 2022 because as there's this increase in supply, there's also going to be a requisite increase in demand. At least that's my expectation, just thinking through the tax component of it. And and yes, I agree. I, I think there's, there's a pent up demand out there. And some of the pent up demand is saying, we're not going to spend our money right now because prices are just ridiculously high with the additional dealer markups. Now, We'll spend our money if those additional dealer markups come down or go away. So, yes, I, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there is pent-up demand. 
Um, and I think that will be addressed when there's more inventory. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it that it's not going to be a significant increase of, of inventory by springtime. Yep, yep, I agree. I think I'll I take completely. a sip of my coffee from this fine mug that was handmade by Zach Shevska in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada last winter. Igor says that's what it's going to be, Zach, for a long time, a long, long time. You got it. MSRP plus doc fee will be the new normal, which is fascinating, Igor, because we've talked about it on a lot of the recent shows that we've done. That kind of leads you to a no negotiation space, which is what we're in right now, except because of hoggish dealers, you can negotiate because they're marking up with additional dealer markup. But it's actually like quite good if we get up in a place where it's just the price is the price. And that's what the deal is. Getting there is going to take a heck of a lot of time because a lot of dealers are going to continue to add ADM uh, and other products and things like that. And it makes you wonder what's the value add of the dealership in this model. We've been talking about this a lot. Tesla selling directly to consumer, Rivian selling directly to consumer. Okay, Nissan's about to invest $18 billion in their own EVs. Why aren't they selling direct to consumer, especially when the price is just the price? Anyway, we can have that discussion in a follow-on uh, follow episode, Dad. But this is the headline from Automotive News. came out just this morning, uh, excuse me, last night. Nissan to invest nearly $18 billion for, quote, electrification blitz. Automaker is readying 23 new electrified, electrified vehicles, including 15 EVs across the Nissan and Infiniti brands. Pops, this is all part of their 2030 uh, roadmap, which or their, their new plan, which they're calling the Nissan Ambition 2030. Their CEO, uh, Makoto Uchida, outlined just last night. Did you get a chance to read this article, Pops? And what did you think of it? I did. And it, it you know, it, it, it really zeroes in on the fact that that electrification is the future whether i like it or not whether other people who are fans of internal combustion engines like it or not that is the wave of the future now having said that you have to realize that in europe less than 10 percent of all the vehicles sold are electric in this country i believe it's less than two percent or around two percent so it's still, even though it represents a small portion of the vehicles that are actually produced and sold, it indicates that those numbers are going to change dramatically moving forward. These people wouldn't all be getting together and investing hundreds of billions of dollars. And when I say these people, I mean manufacturers of automobiles internationally wouldn't be investing hundreds of billions of dollars towards electrification if they didn't think that was a wise bet. Um, so I'm not going to bet against them. I might not be around to see, um, you know, their their plans come to fruition. But I won't bet against them. I there is there is obviously a move afoot to to replace internal combustion engines. How long that move takes, um, and in what other forms we might see it. Uh, I know that Nissan's plan is to is to really invest heavily in the development of solid state batteries, um, which ultimately will be less expensive uh, than the ion lithium ion batteries and charge more quickly mm -hmm. and take up less space. Um, so there's a big bet there and whether or not that bet 
is a winner, I don't know. Um, but there, there, there's, there is change afoot. Pops, as you know, we now go live on LinkedIn. I've heard uh, connect that. With us. Connect with us on LinkedIn. It's fantastic that they approved us. This is from a LinkedIn user. It says, hello, Ray and Zach. My family reached lease end, lease end on our Volvo V90cc on September 1st, and it was sold to another Volvo dealer a few states away. It's been sitting on their lot since September 15th, dropping their asking price $3,000 since it was first posted. At what point will this dealer send it to the auction or trade with another dealer? That's a fascinating question because used car prices are through the roof right now. So what's your take on this, Pops? Well, uh, you know, in the old days, most dealerships had a 60 to 90 day term policy for their used cars either um and let, let's call it a 90-day policy either you had retailed it within 90 days or after 90 days it just automatically went to the auctions um or you figured out a different way to dispose of it whether it was you sold it to another dealer or whatever um today because of of shortages for pre-owned cars, dealers are tending to hold on to these cars for a longer period of time. Now, if this dealer bought the car two and a half months ago or two months ago, uh, it realistically, it is probably appreciated in value as opposed to depreciated in value. So if they wanted to, they could probably turn around, take it to the auction, and if not break even, maybe even make a few dollars if they sold it at the auction. What they have to be questioning is what they've done wrong and why haven't they been able to sell it when there is a shortage of quality pre-owned cars. So why the originating dealer where they turned the car back into didn't keep the car is, is an even bigger mystery to me. So let's turn our attention back to the Nissan news, because if you read that in, in the article here, it says in the next five years, the company plans to introduce 20 new EV or e-power models by the fiscal year ending March 31st, 2027. Nissan wants electrified vehicles, both hybrids and battery electrics, to account for more than 75% of the sales in Europe, more than 55% in Japan, and more than 40% in China. In the critical US market, Nissan sees a longer ramp up with 40% pure EV sales by the fiscal year ending 2031. So your talk about 2% of vehicles right now in the United States are, are EVs, spot on. But these are the expectations that are being set by giant corporations. By 2031, we expect nearly half of the vehicles we're selling to be EVs or hybrid vehicles. And I think that speaks volumes to how rapidly this change is coming, especially with I mean, you saw the news. I think it was last quarter Tesla outsold Mercedes-Benz, outsold Daimler, right? Like we're definitely seeing that push. And I think with tax credits that are likely to be passed next year, that's only going to electrify the excitement of consumers and really push them even more towards I like EVs. that. So it's amazing <laughs> what, what consumers might do if there's a, um, a money that can come back to them in the form of tax refunds. Um, and, and yes, because it, 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 it brings down the, the cost of ownership for these vehicles if you're actually getting money back from the government for having done it. Um, yeah, uh, the, the, nobody expects the United States to adapt to electric vehicles as quickly as the rest of the world. Um, and I think there's, there's two major reasons for that. One, um, people in this country seem to be more enamored with the 
internal combustion engines than in other parts of the world. And two, we are lagging so far behind in the needed infrastructure, uh, charging stations and things of that nature, that even if they thought they could sell more, they can't because nobody can. Nobody will be able to charge them. And and it's not just the charging stations. It's the it's the capacity of the electric grid to get enough electricity everywhere. So it's it, it's not just for the cars. It's for everything. Let me, let me tell you something, Pops. I had a phone call on Wednesday, uh, CEO of a company that's in the automotive space. Uh, he reached out to me. We had a call on Wednesday right before the Thanksgiving holiday. Fascinating. One of the things I learned. They've actually, his business, they've partnered with utility companies. Why would they partner with utility companies? Because these uh, utility companies are starting to send direct mailers to their customers, encouraging them to buy EVs. And then this person, his business essentially helps pair you up with like, it's like a white glove, you know, we'll help you buy your car service. Mm -hmm. So the utility companies, not only is the federal government going to give you incentives, money to buy an EV, you're going to start getting marketing, not only from us on YouTube talking about EVs, because it's all you read about in the news nowadays. And you're going to hear it from your utility company. They're going to send you direct mail marketing that's going to say you should buy an EV because we have the capacity to charge it. And if you do it at off hours, it'll save you money. And like he, and, and they've then partnered with someone to help with the delivery of that to help people go buy cars. How nuts is that, Dad? So, and, and why, do you, why would the utility companies want to do that? Because they sell more power. Well, <laughs> sure. They sell power. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where they make their money. Crazy, the more, isn't it? The more electricity people use and buy from them, the more they make. It's pretty simple. Igor's got the hit the nail on the head here. And manufacturers will adjust the prices once the EV tax credits will pass and dealerships will mark up the prices as well. We've been tracking Tesla price increases all year. We have an article back on the join YAA website. And in that article, you can see how Tesla prices have increased, but they're still under the $55,000 car threshold and $80,000 SUV threshold that will likely qualify them for EV tax credits next year. In terms of dealerships still marking vehicles up with the tax credits, that's something we, me and my dad will never be out of business because there will be <laughs> necessary education because so long as dealerships are around and heck, even when dealerships are gone, there's like, you need the education to know what to watch out for as you're spending $55,000. And so, yeah, it's something that we definitely have to be looking out for as we move into next year. Absolutely. All right, we got one more from Igor here. Let me see this. I was handing out, uh, hanging out with a big dealer group owner for Thanksgiving. And he was telling me that prices will be adjusting uh, their prices up according to the EV tax credits. 100%. 100%. That's exactly what we're seeing. Uh, let's see. This is from Milo. It says, I'm letting Chevy buy back my Bolt EV and switching to a hybrid. The charger situation is starting to get crowded and I drive a ton of 400 mile routes for work. Can't risk getting stuck in line again. Yeah, that makes plenty of sense. That's your and, point. and that's the other thing about the uh, the uh, solid state batteries that that uh, Nissan wants to develop. They charge much more quickly than the other batteries, like a third or a third of the time, or forty percent less time it takes to to charge them. Yeah, the which, solid which state is a, you know when when you think about uh, uh, an internal combustion engine car, I mean you go to the gas station, and and if, if you're here in New Jersey and you're not allowed to pump your own gas in New Jersey, you know even if the guy that's pumping it for you is I don't know really taking it slow, you're still not spending more than ten minutes at the gas station filling your tank up with gas. Um, 
you know, which is a big difference than if it takes you an hour to charge your car. Yeah, I know you can you can go to the diner across the street and get a nice meal. Um, but you know, every time you need to charge your car, you're gonna eat a meal. The 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 savings of of using an electric vehicle are well eaten away by lunch and dinner. We've got Dennis in the chat saying I can buy gas at Exxon or Shell or Chevron. I can only get my power from Duke. No, it's a really good point. Like this is mm -hmm. gonna be a new concern that people have, especially as these utilities are regulated in most states. Ken, we hope you're feeling well, Ken. It's great to see you in the chat. Sorry, but who is this Igor guy? Igor is a friend of the channel. He used to be a dealer principal at Prime Automotive, which he recently sold. So Igor is definitely uh, steeped in the business, and he's a he's a huge uh, contributor to the YAA community. But we're sending you well wishes, Ken. We hope you're doing well. I am so I am so thrilled and excited to hear from Ken. I can't I can't put into words. I was thinking about Ken the other day. So, and not my brother Ken, this brother Ken, and uh, hoping he was doing well. So, good news, pops. Let's let's wrap things up here with a story that you found. This was again in automotive news, and the headline is pretty damn catchy. It's dealership ditched the script, started talking to customers, quote, like a human being, and found success. Jermaine Toyota discarded a rigid process in exchange for having unscripted conversations with customers and addressing what's on their minds. Written by Ray. Sh oh wait, it was written by John. Okay, anyway, this is something you could have written, Pops. This article resonated with you. Run us through it. Well, it, the the biggest takeaway for me is that is that dealerships have a path that they want to go down, and they don't really care if it if that path matches the path the customer wants to take. They they want to be in control. There are certain questions they want to ask. There are certain answers they want to get. And there's a certain process that they want to go through. Uh, the 8, 10, 12, however many steps that it is that each dealership might have in their sales process. And they don't want to deviate. They don't want to go from step one to step eight. Now, I can remember back in 2000, I think it was, or might have even been 1999 when I was at Acura North Scottsdale. And I called all the salespeople into my office and the general manager came in and I said, I've got news for you folks. There's a new way to do things. Now I know we have our process and the way we want it to go, but if a customer comes in and they say, I want to get my car appraised, and you look at them and go, well, that, that's not step one. Who cares? Let's do what the customer wants to do. And the look that I got from my general manager that day was like, Ray, you can't do this. Yes, you can. These are the people that are spending their money. They're the ones that make it all possible. Why is it that we're trying to control them? Why aren't we treating them like the human beings that they are? I have, I have said since the early 80s or late 70s when I got into this business, it was all about making a human connection. If as a salesperson, you can't connect with your customer on a human level, you can't sell them anything. And if you don't attempt to connect with them on a human level, you're never going to be a successful salesperson. And when, when I read this article about, about Jermaine, they had to retrain their older salespeople because they didn't know how to actually have a conversation with a customer to find out what they wanted. So that if a customer asked a question that they weren't familiar with, 
they didn't have a rigid script to follow anymore. It, 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 it's like, what's wrong with these dealers? How could, how could the light finally go off for this dealership? And they go, well, you know, maybe, maybe we should treat the customers like a fellow human being. Yeah. You know, and again, it's stories like these that make me really question the value add that dealers bring on the sales side, especially again, when you think in the corporate uh, offices uh, and the boardrooms for Ford and all the other OEMs, they're looking at the valuation of Tesla and Rivian. And it's like, what the heck? Like, of course, everyone wants to be treated fairly and have this conversation and not be belittled or take it in, right? It's like, what value add? The germane Toyotas of the world are doing things right. Well, but let me say something. If I may, Germaine is not a small dealer group. This yeah. is but one store in their in their group of stores. So it this would indicate to me that the other stores within the group are still doing it the old way. Okay. I mean, they they had to partner with a sales assistance organization to retrain their sales staff on to how to treat a customer like a human being. It gives you some ideas to what the training must have been like before that, which is the customer was an adversary. We need to take control. We're the ones that have to lead the customer through the process. The customer can't lead us. Think about how ass backwards that is okay uh these are the people that are spending the average retail price on a pre-owned car today was what twenty six thousand or twenty eight thousand dollars in the average price on a new car in this country last month selling price was over forty six thousand dollars so if people are spending that kind of money well it's their money. Why shouldn't they they lead the process? Why shouldn't they tell us how they want it to go? And why shouldn't we honor them with, I don't know, doing it the way they would like to do it since it's their money that they're spending? It it just it doesn't seem so hard to me to grasp that concept. But trust me, at the vast majority of the 17,000 new car franchise dealerships out there, it is hard for them to grasp it. They are, they are so stuck in their ways of control and doing it their way that they will never, ever look at it through the customer's eyes. And you know what? I think today is really like all the topics we've talked about are really those winds of change. We've got the chip shortage potentially mitigating. We've got Nissan investing $18 billion so that they can go EV route. We've got Jermaine winds of change to actually treat customers with respect and and uh, allow them to have a little bit of uh, control in the process. To me, this is all signaling the, the evolution of the car buying process. And hopefully we can be at the forefront of that in terms of making it more equitable, more fair, and just more transparent for everyone. And I think as chips come back, we'll have more supply. That'll help mitigate all the additional dealer markup that we're seeing. As the push to EVs becomes more and more clear, uh, and everyone is doing it at this point, we're going to see more and more pressure, I think, for dealers to set up information centers and do less of the dealing, wheeling and dealing and more than just like help people test drive stuff and sell cars. And the price is the price. Uh, and we even see that through Jermaine, right? You know, Jermaine Toyota, this story from Automotive News, they're treating people with respect and, and allowing them to control some parts of the process. Dad, I actually don't think we're 10 years off from this stuff. When you and I started the business, I thought we were maybe like 20, 30 years away from the price is the price. I think we're five years away. This stuff's happening right now in front of us. You don't have to have, you shouldn't have blinders on. We're, we're in it every day. It's changing. Yeah. 
Well, and and if, as some manufacturers have suggested, that they're going to increase the MSRPs on their vehicles because they could they see what the dealers are able to sell these cars for, um, and what they'll do is eventually we'll get to the point where um, the manufacturers will just list their cars at what the standard or average transaction price is. And that will be the price. And, and if you want to go to your local Ford dealer, you're not going to find it cheaper. If you go to another Ford dealer, 75 miles away, it's like, if you, if you buy a shirt at Kohl's, you're not going to go from the Kohl's in Annapolis to the Kohl's in Frederick, Maryland, because, I don't know, you're hoping it's cheaper at the Kohl's in Frederick. It's the same price wherever you go, and that's the way it should be at automobile dealerships. Well, Pops, thanks for your time, as always. We'll be back again tomorrow noon. Daily news you can use. Check it out on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. We appreciate everyone for being a part of this, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow morning slash afternoon. Yes, absolutely. And if, after we go off the air, I'm going to try and figure out how to get make it make it brighter for at least me because I'm looking at the screen, and I don't know. I look like I have a hell of a tan, and I know I don't. <laughs> see you, Pops. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. I'll see you tomorrow. Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.